If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, but you want to do your part. And chances are you've heard me mention a great means by doing just that. Email made by and for Catholics. Check out fide.email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course, they're Catholic. And they're offering two months off on your first year for an annual subscription if you enter the coupon code return to tradition without spaces that's the name of this channel without spaces at checkout a great and revealing interview was released by info vaticana a european catholic news outlet and then it was reprinted by the remnant the interview featured cardinal gerhard Mueller, who for a while in 2022 was publishing letters correcting francis and the german synodal way nearly every week he then went mostly silent because of a book he was writing, until this week when the, he released an interview online. Now, he's asked several questions about the Synod and the prospects for what will happen if the Synod pushes to change doctrinal and dogmatic aspects of the faith. And his answers are reassuring for those of us who are suspicious of the Synod. Moreover, his message is simple. The Church must remain faithful to its charge by Christ to teach and preserve the faith. Anything else shows that those trying to change the church have no faith. It's a blunt message from Cardinal Mueller, but it's well worth our time. But before we check his message out, I thought it'd be a good time to check in with the unique and sole expression of the Roman right, so we can see what we're up against. Mesa and Latino, an independent Spanish-language Catholic news site, provides this headline. Novus Horror Missae in Ruvo Dupulia does Bishop Girasoli in leopard print chasuble, approve the liturgical animalier for Saint Tarzan. Something's lost in translation here, but the article comes with this photograph of a bishop in a leopard print chasuble, offering what looks like a Tarzan rite mass. Yeah, that's a bishop. And yes, he's offering the Novus Ordo Missae. The article tells us, quote, A friend of ours sent us these photos, also reported to us by diligent readers, one of them also as a provocation which we sincerely thank, which portray the bishop, formerly apostolic nuncio, celebrating in a clergyman without albs, and let's imagine without a stole, amis, and track, needless to say, with a matching anomalier, casual, and mitre. The occasion seems to have been the parish anniversary in Ruvo de Puglia as of a good priest, much loved by his parishioners, who is seen con-celebrating, certainly in a manner more worthy of the bishop and who, in many photos, you can see with him wearing the cassock. The photos are taken from the public, unofficial page of the Ruvo Cathedral. There are many rightly indignant comments, but the funniest are those of mockery. From the memory of St. Tarzan to the vestment signed Aletta Lamborghini, seeing here is believing. Yes, His Excellency knows how to dress like a bishop. See here with a lot of Feraglio in a photo of an article about his honor awarded to him by the Rotary Club. However, no, it's not a joke. At the bottom of the post, you can find the screenshot from the Facebook page in case they delete them. End quote. Again, the translation is pretty rough, but the article is actually written in a way that makes light of it. And while you might be tempted to laugh at the absurdity of what you're seeing, remember... This is supposed to be the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the single most important act in the world. Making a mockery of the Mass is, in fact, no laughing matter. The only funny thing about this is that the bishop is so completely out of touch with the metaphysical reality of what it is he's doing that he can't see the sin in the act he is committing. 
This sort of activity is meant to appeal to laity. The same laity that will be participating in the Synod on Synodality and its big meeting in October in Rome. That's the next month, just a few weeks away, folks. Which brings us to the topic at hand. Cardinal Gerhard Mueller sat down with Info Vaticana for an interview about the Synod on Synodality, which, as you are no doubt aware of by now, has a huge lay emphasis, as well as an emphasis on listening to all voices in the church. All voices, except for traditionalists, at least in practice. Mueller's interview asks him about the role of the laity at the Synod and the alleged secrecy of the Synod. Mueller points out the obvious here, that a synod with 450 people participating cannot possibly keep things secret. The daily happenings will be leaked to the press. When asked about what he plans to say to the synod meeting, he wanted to make clear that the church was, must remain fixated on its divinely ordained mission. Quote, Above all, I would like to say, in view of the many disappointments of the young people in Lisbon, a church that does not believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is no longer the Church of Jesus Christ. Each participant should first study the first chapter of Lumen Gentium, which dealt with the mystery of the Church in the triune God's plan of salvation. The Church is not the playground of ideologues, of godless humanism, nor of lobbyists for a blocked agenda. God's universal will to save, which we encounter in Christ, the only mediator between God and man, and which is realized historically and eschatologically, is the future program of his church and not the big start over of the atheist world elite of billionaire bankers who hide their ruthless personal enrichment behind the mask of philanthropy, end quote. That is absolutely a dig at Francis, who was meeting with a former American president and who had a foundation he established in his own name, a former American president whose wife ran for that office back in 2016 and hilariously lost, and who was deeply tied to those same elites who want to start civilization over again by the end of the decade. They've been very open about that idea of theirs. Of course, they want to place themselves in charge of everything afterwards, of course. Francis's meeting with that former president, who will remain unnamed, caused a lot of scandal among those who were aware, partially because that president and his organization has been tied to efforts to limit the number of people there are now, and into the future, as well as a whole host of evil political activities that fly in the face of the church's constant teaching. This figure has openly been tied to efforts to turn the church into a secular NGO, a program which Francis appears to be implementing himself. Mueller is then asked about the role of the laity in the synod, and if the bishops worry about what is going to be the outcome of the synod. His answer is telling, quote, the bishops participate in their office by exercising collegial responsibility for the whole church together with the Pope. The laity participate in it with the right to vote, then it is no longer a synod of bishops or an ecclesiastical conference, and does not have the apostolic teaching authority of the Episcopal College. To speak of a Vatican Council III can only occur to an ignorant person, because from the outset, a Roman synod of bishops is not an ecumenical council, which the Pope could not subsequently declare without ignoring the divine right of the bishops to a Vatican Council III. That could found a new church, surpassing or completing the one supposedly stagnated at Vatican Council II. Whenever populist effects tip the balance towards such spontaneous decisions, the sacramental nature of the church and its mission is obscured. Even if subsequent attempts are made to justify it through the common priesthood of all believers. <laughs> 
well, one of the over, most overused sayings from Vatican II, and to eliminate the essential difference between it and the priesthood of sacramental ordination, see Lumen Gentium, paragraph 10. The false prophets or nebulous ideologues who present themselves as progressives have announced that they will turn the Catholic Church into an aid organization for the program to restart civilization by the end of the decade. In their opinion, only a church without Christ fits into a world without God. Many young people returned from Lisbon disappointed that the focus was no longer on salvation in Christ, but on a doctrine of worldly salvation. Apparently, there are even bishops who no longer believe in God as the origin and end of man and savior of the world, but who in a pan-naturalistic or pantheistic way consider the so-called Pacamama, the beginning of existence, and Laudato Si neutrality, the goal of planet Earth. End quote. And there he takes digs at Francis's secular false gospel that he pushes. It's worth noting here that Cardinal Mueller has a high profile role at the Senate compared to most others. He was chosen by Francis personally to be a key member. It's also worth noting, people, that what is likely to happen with the Senate, this phase that starts in October, will likely try to recommend some really radical nonsense. Next year, Francis will issue a document more moderate than whatever comes out of this session, but it will still be radical. That's been the track record that we've seen, at least with the Synod Against the Family, which gave the world a Morse Letizia. Morse Letizia was definitely radical, but it wasn't as radical as what some of the cardinals at that Synod were calling for. At that Synod, like in the Synod on Synodality, there have been open calls to change various doctrines of the faith. That is also the subject of the next question Mueller has asked here, though. Can the Synod change matters of faith and doctrine? And what would happen if the Synod tried to do such? Like in the subject of clerical celibacy, the ordination of women, or the uh, James Martin sin. This is how Cardinal Mueller responds to that. Quote, no one, earth, no one on earth can change, add to, or take away from the word of God. As successors of the apostles, the pope and the bishops must teach the people what the earthly and risen Christ, the only teacher, has commanded them to do. And it is only in this sense that the promise that heavenly hosts and the head of his body always remain with his disciples. See Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. How it applies. People confuse, which is not surprising given the lack of basic theological education even among the bishops, the content of the faith and its unsurpassable fullness in Christ with the progressive theological reflection and growth of the church's understanding of faith throughout the ecclesiastical tradition. See Dave Verabum, Document of Vatican II, lines 8 to 10. The infallibility of the magisterium extends only to the preservation and faithful interpretation of the mystery of faith entrusted, and for all to the church, the deposit of fide, or deposit of faith, or sound doctrine, the teaching of the apostles. The pope and the bishops do not receive a new revelation. Priestly celibacy must be removed from this list, since the connection of the sacrament of holy orders with the charism of voluntary renunciation of marriage is not dogmatically necessary. Although this ancient tradition of the Latin church cannot be arbitrarily abolished with the stroke of a pen, as the Council Fathers expressly underlined at the Vatican Council. See the rarely ever cited document of Vatican II, Presbyterium Ordains, number 16. And that the noisy agitators are rarely concerned with the salvation of priestless communities, but rather with attacking this evangelical council, which they consider anachronistic or even inhumane in a enlightened age of the flesh, to bless the immoral behavior of persons 
based on how they view flesh versus how God made it, is a contradiction of God's word and will. It is a gravely sinful blasphemy. The sacrament of holy orders at the levels of the Episcopate, Presbyterate, and Diaconate can provide divine power. Only a baptized man whose vocation has been verified by the church as to its authenticity can receive this by right. Such demands that receive a majority vote would be irrelevant a priori. Nor could they be implemented in canon law by the whole College of Bishops with the Pope or by the Pope alone because they contradict divine revelation and the clear confession of the church. The formal authority of the Pope cannot be separated from the substantive connection with Holy Scripture, apostolic tradition, and of course the dogmatic decisions of the magisterium that preceded him. Otherwise, as Luther misunderstood the papacy, he would put himself in the place of God who is the sole author of his revealed truth, instead of simply witnessing faithfully in the authority of Christ to the revealed faith in an unabridged and unadulterated manner, and presenting it authentically to the church. In such an extreme situation, from which God can save us, every ecclesiastical official would have lost his authority, and no Catholic would be obliged any longer to religiously obey a heretic or schismatic bishop see Lumen Gentium, line 25, or the bishop's reply to Bismarck's misinterpretation of Vatican I in 1875. And a lengthy quote. Now, did you catch that? If the synod tries to change aspects of the faith, you have no duty to religiously obey our heretic or schismatic bishop. Cardinal Mueller was the prefect for the congregation of the doctrine of the faith, and you have his permission to not religiously obey heretic or schismatic bishops. Plenty of the Catholic print media who've been giving Bishop Strickland and Father Alman a hard time need to pay attention. Take all the time you need to digest the information and try to remember it for fu the future because it's probably going to come in handy. You have Cardinal Mueller's permission to resist these people. But I'm curious, what did you think about this? There is more to the interview than I shared, so su I suggest you head over to the Remnant website or to returntotradition.org for a link so you can read the full interview. But I think it's good to see that we're not alone here in worrying about that synod. Mueller, while far from theologically perfect, is one of the better ones, and he does not, sh and he definitely does rather share our concerns about what is going on in the church. He's also skeptical about the ability of the synod to control information coming out of the meeting, which I think is good since it suggests he has a rather basic, realistic outlook on basic things like organizational dynamics. But let me know what you think in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.